Welcome back to another episode of Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. We've got Adam and Rhiannon with us today, and I've not told them this yet, but this will be the episode where we bid adieu to Jeff Loeb. That will be our main conversation, to look back on the career of Jeff because he is gone. That would usually be the top news story, but we'll get to it. Where's my... Oh, I don't don't have my... I don't have whiskey or something. Everybody watching the video, don't spoil it, and we'll just say I have a drink in my hand. Oh, I do. At least this time, uh, we're not live recording when that uh, when the news hits, know. you know. I mean, there could still be something that breaks with it, like confirmation of where he's going or Netflix. Let's talk about news. I'm pretty sure since the last time we podcasted that we found out that Ant-Man 3 is happening. Our buddy Charles Murphy had heard rumors that they were going to do a third Ant-Man and uh, lo and behold, there is a production company that has been started called... Pim Particles LLC or Pim Particles Three LLC, which is uh, the same name that they used for the production company for the first two. Uh, if you don't understand what that means, uh, Disney doesn't actually technically produce movies; they create <laughs> LLCs that are for each movie. It's weird. It's Hollywood accounting, all that stuff. But anyways, that LLC is existent, and they uh, were pretty confident that this is going to be our July of 2021 movie, and it will start filming sometime next year. Uh, I know you guys are both not Ant-Man fans, so how are you feeling about the fact that we're definitely getting a third one? It's not that I'm not an Ant-Man fan. It's just that I think Ant-Man and the Wasp was not a good movie. So, I mean, I'm all for I mean, I thought Thor The Dark World was not a good movie, and I loved ragnarok so i i'm totally open-minded to whatever right. this third installment might give us these damn scoopers are going to like this is the last remaining piece of information that disney and marvel still did right because remember they used to do the casting grids and you could pretty much tell what the characters were from the casting grids and then these scoopers got on those and sent those all out, so then they changed them, so they were just casting Karen, age 18, white, and that's all they'd tell about the characters. Um, and now now there's this stuff. So by these scoopers, I mean, it pretty much is Charles Murphy that's broken all those. Like, he's done so well at digging into these things. He's making it, he's going to make it harder on himself. Yeah, but he enjoys a challenge. He enjoys it. Well, and I don't know how else they fix it other than just being like, in the future, they're going to have to be like a movie LLC and then another movie LLC and yet another movie that we're doing LLC. But by the time they get to... Doing anything cute and clever. By the time they get to yet another movie LLC, Charles will have figured it out and been like, they used a movie (laughs) and another movie and yet another movie. This is the, you know, like... Whatever algorithm, whatever they go to, he's going to figure it out. And Ant-Man, yay. I, I, Dude, I look forward to seeing what they do. And I think Charles has his own um, predictions for what they would have in that. Yeah, so we, we'll go ahead and add that in as well. Uh, now, he was very clear that this is a rumor. And by rumor, he means it's a thing he's heard one place. So he's kind of been very good. I feel like more scoopers should do this. He very clearly distinguishes between I have heard this and then I have found concrete confirmation somewhere else about it and I've just heard it. Uh, 
And so the thing he's just heard is that Young Avengers will somehow be wrapped up into the Ant-Man 3 movie. Though on their podcast, him and Charles admitted that that's their dream of this. And so they're a little nervous that their dream entered the internet and then somehow eventually came back to them as their own uh, rumor being confirmed. It's like Daredevil which I think on is FX. Hilarious. Yeah, exactly. Daredevil on FX, that kind of loop. Uh, Adam, does that seem like the right way to go to you? Like uh, a Young Avengers, Ant-Man, and uh, Wasp movie? Is that something you're interested in? Sure. I suppose. I, it's going to happen sooner or later. Um, I, everything's there. And then there's the whole probably Wiccan and uh, Speed and, and WandaVision. So, I mean, before too long, right? It, there's just so much stuff in Flex, and this is probably going to be part of the main conversation, you know, with Marvel Studios now has all sorts of platforms in addition to Disney Plus, right? So so I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they started segmenting stuff out where um, they're going to have to have young teen stuff eventually, right? Because there's only going to be a certain demo that likes the espionage thriller of a Falcon and Winter, Winter Soldier and the another demo that likes the grittiness of a Hawkeye movie or a Hawkeye series, you know? Um, so, I mean, Young Avengers is probably going to be a very good play for, for Disney Plus eventually. Yeah, it's it's interesting to me. Like, I like the idea of launching a, a property out of another property, the way, like, Spider-Man and Black Panther were put into Civil War. Seems a little odd to me to jump from Young Avengers to... Or from Ant-Man to Young Avengers. Like, it almost... I don't know. All due respect to Ant-Man. It almost feels like burying the lead to call a movie like Ant-Man colon Avengers Academy or Young Avengers. Like, to me, that's a bigger property in the subtitle than in the title. Which I think is a bit odd. I mean, by this point, by the time this movie comes out, the MCU will look completely different just because of all of these new properties they're launching. Because of all of... um you know, everything that they're doing, we might already have three young Avengers by the time Ant-Man and the Wasp comes out. You know, I bet you we could probably get one of the potential young Avengers on here. We should. Who are you thinking? Probably Emma Furman. If they Is actually... she uh stature or yeah. Cassie or whatever? Oh, we should do that before she's locked up by the Marvel unless they snipers. unless they don't go that route since she was in what two scenes, um, and that's the other thing. Uh, by the time they get Young Avengers going, won't um, Cassie Lang one be probably old enough? I don't I don't know Young Avengers well enough. Are they like supposed to be teen Young Avengers, or are they like in their twenty? Like are they like college something Young Avengers? Both. I guess. Uh, I mean, Kate Bishop was a young Avenger when the team first started, but now they almost write Kate if she's uh, 20-something, right? Now she is, like, 20-something. Right. While Peter Parker is still somehow 35. Uh, right, remembering that nobody ages in comic books. That's one of the hardest things about the whole Hoxpox is, like, this idea that current X-Men are only 10 years after the founding of the X-Men. It's like, mm. really? Only 10 years with all this stuff that's happened? Right. I, I think it's it's fascinating because it shows that Marvel is still willing to do stuff that is not billion dollars. Like, I, 
most likely Ant-Man 3 will not be a billion dollar movie based on previous box office returns. I think they'll be happy to make like Ragnarok kind of money on it. And so uh, it's interesting to see them continue with a series. Like if there was any series that they could kind of drop mid-series, I feel like it would be Ant-Man. And uh, they've decided they want to keep doing it. So tells us a little something about where Feige's head's at. And Caleb, did you think this was going to happen? Were you, you were wanting another Ant-Man movie, right? Uh, I mean, I like them. Yeah, I enjoy them. So, uh, I'm happy for it to happen, but I was kind of suspicious it wouldn't just cause you're starting to get all these sequels crouching out new stuff. And so they want new properties and I don't know, do you want to delay a billion and a half dollar movie like Black Panther two to fit in Ant-Man three? Probably not, but I mean, it's safe to say now, if you get one movie, you get three movies, right? I mean, Ant-Man was probably the biggest question because there's no doubt Black Panther gets three. There's no doubt Captain Marvel gets three. If they live well, long enough. four has four. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, just the amount of time that it's taken between movies. I mean, Ant-Man 1. I mean, not Ant-Man. Black Panther. Earliest the second one is coming is 2022. The first one came out. No, it's got, it's got a oh, date. Oh, it's got a date? Oh, it does. Yeah, it's the, it's the May 2021 movie. All right, May 2021. All right, but uh, Captain Marvel, which I guess really did just only come out in 2019, though it feels like a lifetime ago. I don't know. It just feels like there's so long in between these movies. Like, my lord, how are people going to even be alive by the third one? Come by the time the third one comes out. Uh, apparently, with Black Panther, it was just Coogler's timetable. They kind of let him do it at his own pace. But oh, and that's wrong. It is not. Uh, no, it is. No, it's, I'm sorry, Black Panther's May 2022. Right. But that's not announced and confirmed, is it? Yes. I thought that was just... Yeah. It is? At D23. That was the one thing at D23. Okay. all right. So it's a four-year gap for that movie. I, I'm getting all my years goofed up at this point. If I said it earlier wrong, it's it's July 2022 for Ant-Man 3, uh, which means that we're going to have kind of a weird backup where uh, we talked about like alternating original movies for sequels. We'll get Thor Love and Thunder in November of 2021, and then we'll get Black Panther in May of 2022, and then this in July of 2022. So unless the February film is something new and exciting, uh, you know, we could have a bunch of sequels all piled up on top of each other. That was the other bit that Charles Murphy dropped, which I don't know if there's anything for us to do with. Uh, Him and Charles think they know what the February... 2022 movie is and the only word that they've given to hint at it is limbo so i have no idea what that means it makes me think of magic Uh, oh hey is that the uh date they gave new mutants Mutants. yeah right i think that's what it is it's gonna be the new mutants movie there's a lot of people who think it's gonna be deadpool 3 um i've been seeing lots of rumors about deadpool but no fire are you literally biting your lip, Adam? I feel like you're literally biting oh, no, your lips. That's what I... I'm at the point where I'm not sure what's real or fake or what's public or not. And everything's just kind of one big blur and it's like a fever dream. I know what my direct source told me. and Oh, yeah? And that was, let's drink some whiskey. Da- oh, Daredevil Season 4 is the February 2022 date? Maybe. Ooh. We are now under, oh, we're not quite under the year mark yet, are we? That's what, f- November 12th? We're the Iron so Fist we're at the uh, Iron Fist mark, one right? year mark. All right, I know like 360 days, I believe, remaining. 
<laughs> Adam's got Hell a calendar. Oh yeah, I got a calendar. Marks off. Adam I'm the only damn the only person, person that gives a about that show. God, yeah, yeah, yeah. You should you should reach out to the uh, Daredevil branding person and see if they'll get you some Iron Fist. Fist. I thought about I thought about registering the domain name and doing <laughs> that. But I'm like, man, my heart's not in it. I'm exhausted about other stuff already, so I'm not even going to try to save Iron Fist. I mean, I feel bad for Finn. Finn has yet to get a job. Meanwhile, Tom Pelfrey's on his third job since then, and I know Jessica Stroop was just in another one. Uh, Matrix. Jessica Henwick's in the Matrix. Finn got another job for like a day. And then he got fired. Uh, And he, he DJs at a club in Brooklyn like once a week. Does he really? Yeah. That should be next. If we ever can get you to New York Comic Con, Adam, that should be our field trip is to go to Brooklyn and go dance into Finn Go to Jones. one of Finn's raves, whatever it is. I don't know. I mean, it might be like a coffee shop that he's like spinning records, but he puts it on his Instagram all the time. Oddly, I just always have other plans that night. This next news story, I didn't want to talk about the first part of it because it's kind of ugh, but uh, I think we it's gotten to a point we probably should touch on it. Uh, if you have not heard in the tabloidy world, apparently Jeremy Renner is going through a really messy divorce and there's been lots of accusations made about potentially inappropriate things that he did, but it's come into enough of a purview for us to talk about because they're, we're now getting reports that Marvel is at least creating a backup list in their back pocket of actors to replace Renner as Hawkeye if um, if it turns out that the... That they're just not comfortable moving forward with him. I don't want to talk about the personal stuff because it may be true, in which case I don't want to defend him, and it may not be, in which case I don't want to smear him. You know, I don't know. People get real nasty when they go through divorces sometimes. I don't know what the reality of that situation is. Let's talk about the entertainment part. Rhiannon, it, sound, it looks like you're excited to potentially have a different Hawkeye. Not excited, obviously, that Jeremy Renner's going through a hard time. No, I'm not but excited for anybody you're... to be going through a hard time. And if the accusations are true, like, not excited to know that something like that happened. Um, I have been pretty open about the fact that I don't love Renner as Hawkeye. Um, I'm totally ready to give him a chance for, you know, the Hawkeye movie or show and stuff. Um, but if he's recast, I won't... I won't be too upset. I'd rather have a reboot. Like, somehow give me a whole new guy, Hawkeye, that doesn't have a family in Iowa and, you know, maybe lives in New York, owns an apartment, has a dog that eats pizza. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to see somebody else's Hawkeye. But, I've, I mean, I've also, like, very much accepted Runner as Hawkeye. Like, I'm okay with that. I mean, seriously, they stuck with Gun. I mean, yeah, they didn't stick with Gun, but they eventually went back to Gun. They're sticking with ScarJo. I it would have to be pretty. I. I mean, they've kind of shown that they're going to stick by their people. Unless they end up getting convicted of like attempted murder or something. Yeah. Yeah. Which brings up a whole other point. Now suddenly Twitter became legal experts and all this stuff. And I mean, the only thing going on now is a lawsuit, right? Yeah, it's a civil suit. And it's, you know, like I said, I'm not trying to defend anybody. Sometimes when people get divorced, 
Like, it gets really nasty. I mean, let me put it this way. The last person in the world I would want talking about my faults would be my wife. Nobody knows more, like, the bad parts of me than her because she's around, you know, for that in a way that nobody else is. So, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's messy and it's difficult. And uh, for, I think for a company like Disney to figure out who's really telling the truth and who's not would be uh, a difficult thing for them to investigate. Well, and I don't think Disney cares who's telling the truth and who's not. I think they actually just care who's good for stock prices and who's not. Who's good for, you know, selling movies and who's not. Are people going to show up for a runner movie? Are they going to still remember this when his show hits Disney Plus? That's all they're trying to figure out. I mean, I'd love to think that they actually, you know, care if the guy, if, if you know, obviously if he is guilty of something horrible that's going to mean people aren't going to want to watch him and stuff. But if it's just that he's accused, I don't, all they really care about is how it's going to affect their bottom line. Yeah. Sorry. Cynical anti-capitalism Rhiannon tonight on the podcast. (laughs) Plan this stuff out so much. It's not like they probably don't have short lists or at least an idea in mind for everyone. Right. Right. I mean, I'm with you that's there. the thing. We're we're, we're at such a, a big point. It's amazing we haven't had some sort of tragedy or something, right? Like, remember what happened to that Star Trek guy? What was it? Anton Yelchin or whatever? Yeah, Lord Adam, you're gonna or, you're gonna you're gonna curse somebody. You're well, gonna... I know. I'm just saying, as big as this <laughs> thing is, and as many actors as involved, right. it's crazy. There hasn't right. been something, you know. Or a Paul Walker situation, right? right? Yeah. Or anything, you know, illness or, or what have you or or something. So, I mean, I mean, Hawkeye was the type of person they probably had a short list anyways, right? Because he's probably the most recastable Avenger there was. If something happens to Tom Holland over the next week, I'm totally blaming you, Adam. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's all your fault. I'm just saying, you know, you have to have a, you know, someone gets hit by a bus policy, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the flip side of it is people have talked about, like, they replaced Bruce Banner and nobody cares. And they replaced War Machine and nobody cares. Now, obviously, those were earlier in the film, so there's not as much screen time for those characters. But if they have to replace them, they do. I I think what you brought up, Rihanna, is really good, is that it doesn't really solve much because the tone concerns we have for Hawkeye particularly with a Kate Bishop storyline are based on character and so a new actor is not gonna you know change unless they just kill off his family a second time you know yeah Falcon and Winter Soldier is starting to film in Atlanta and we're getting a little bit of plot details we've heard that there is some kind of uh, like disease, viral infection thing that's part of that storyline. Uh, Charles Murphy also said there's been shrimp boats and there's some kind of scene that happens in a swamp. Um, I don't know. Anything uh, on that stuff that was interesting to you? That is crazy that they're already tying Falcon and the Winter Soldier into the Hulu Adventure into Fear, right? I mean, Falcon and Winter Soldier and Man-Thing already? That is Yeah, I don't nuts. think that's what's happening. 
I saw these tweets and I'm like, man, pe- people love people love content, man. Even if it is just a shrimp boat. Weren't they saying that if they didn't do Civil War, they had like another like they were actually going to do a Serpent Society movie and they're going to do some storyline where some virus like turns people into zombies or something. Do you remember this? The backup plan for Civil War? I do not recall. I'd be totally down for Serpent Society, though. So I could be wrong. Google what the backup plan for Civil War was, and it sounded like something that maybe they're just reusing for this Falcon and Winter Soldier show. I think that would be kind of funny if they're like, oh, we have this in our back pocket. We might as well try it, you know. All right. Uh, Let's see. I feel like I have one other newsy. Oh. So, uh, ABC, according to a report, ABC still wants Marvel shows and is still actively developing them. Do you guys have any faith that that's going to happen? Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think we touched on it last week. I think it was us and not the million other people I talked to in the past week about this. I mean, Feige selling something everybody's going to be lined up to buy it. So, you know, while ABC had a bunch of shows that maybe came through and that people thought about, now that Feige, that they're able to say, Kevin Feige's, you know, uh, She-Hulk series, I think everybody wants to make sure they at least have a chance at that. And also, just the record reflect, Caleb's totally about to eat some chicken nuggets right now. I am. I was like, Adam needs to vamp here while I'm trying to bite my burr. So that's the thing. Jeff Loeb is out at Marvel TV, right? But that does not mean Marvel TV is going to go away, I guess. It's just very, very hard for me to believe that it's it's just going to be movies and and Disney Plus right now, right? Because Disney just got – Disney just got – Hulu, right? There's ABC, there's FX, all the works. Um, I mean, ABC's the sole reason Shields kept going as long as it has. So maybe Marvel Studios would do like a lower tier show um, on ABC. They've always wanted the female led stuff, so maybe you know. I mean, Kev produced Agent Carter. Maybe there's that. Maybe they're going to. Bring back Squirrel Girl or something. Um, I, I think the question, though, will be what does ABC really want and what is Marvel willing to do? Because we got the sense with Hulu and Loeb that Hulu wasn't willing to pay the budget that Loeb felt like they really needed to do the show right. And you look at ABC. ABC is, I mean, they claim they want Marvel stuff. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is airing in the middle of the summer on Friday night. That's about as deep in the TV graveyard as you can get. Like, and so how much is ABC going to invest in a Marvel show if the one that they have that they claim they love is airing about, you know, is airing at the same time as nothing. You know, like, it's just, they're not showing priority by where they're booking Yeah, but it's changing, you know? It's all the plus seven numbers and the DVR stuff and the streaming stuff. I mean, what's stopping them from doing, like, a damage control series or something that's totally inconsequential 
to the rest of the the MCU or something, you know? Yeah, and we've talked enough about that that late night weekends Friday night um, time slot. I mean, they're pretty much accepting that it's a streaming show. They're they're they don't care about the live numbers, but obviously something happens on streaming that makes it worthwhile. And that may be, you know, if Disney found it that worthwhile to keep making S.H.I.E.L.D. and put it in that time slot on ABC, then what is it going to be worth to put stuff directly to Hulu when they have that as their direct market for that type of thing? I'm just saying you're getting zero ad revenue, so I just don't know how much money there can be if you're not getting as much revenue on the back end. Yeah, I mean, there's ads on Hulu, you know, and maybe they just haven't had the right... I mean, obviously, ABC has had some sort of vision for when they have the right Marvel show that works and everything. But really, I think everybody just wants to have Kevin Feige's name on something from the man that brought you the Avengers saga or whatever it is. The Infinity Saga or whatever. I think that's all the newsy stuff I have. Uh, do you guys have anything else on the news side before we talk about Jeff? This kind of this is well, yeah. This is Marvel based. Deadline just pushed a piece. Okay, you both are sitting down. Um, this is hard to believe. Joker set to bank nearly half billion in profit on par with Avengers: Infinity War. It's because it costs nothing to make. Exactly, but it's just it's just cr- how did Joker make as much money as Infinity War? Technically, profit. Right. Yeah. That's just bizarre. You two still haven't seen it, have you? It has the single worst needle drop I've ever seen in my life. You two have probably seen it by now. That meme that's going around with him dancing on the steps. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen all of the New Yorkers upset about people going to the Bronx and dancing on the steps. It's the, it's terrible. That won't. I was watching. What's the show on Showtime? The two guys from the Bronx, Deuce and uh, Marrow, or something like that. Mm-hmm. They're two names. I don't know them. Do you know what the show is? Isn't the show called The Deuce or Deuce or something? No, no, no. It's two guys' names. Two guys uh, from the Bronx. They like comment on popular culture. Anyways, they were talking about those steps and their experiences with those steps, and it was pretty hilarious. It was great. All right, let's talk about Jeff Loeb. It was finally made official this week, what we kind of expected last week. Jeff Loeb will be stepping away from Marvel TV. will be gone as soon as Thanksgiving, and um, he will try to get a development deal somewhere else, so kind of like... J.J. Abrams or... Um, Eric Olison. Shonda Rhimes or those people... Sorry, what was that, Rian? Eric Olison with Amazon. Yep. Um, Melissa Rosenberg. With Warner Brothers. Yep. Raven Metzner with Disney. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Loeb will be looking for himself a new contract and a new place to be. I, given everything we talked about last week with how everything is shaking out, um, I don't think that's a surprise. Just as a follow-up to last week's talk, we talked a lot about corporate stuff. There was a great article on Variety, I think, this week that basically talked about how all of this was the uh, benching of Ike Perlmutter, effectively, despite him being the largest Disney shareholder. Um, That's kind of fascinating. So if you want to see that, I'd read that article. It's very good. But we want to talk about Jeff tonight. Um, Let's start with the positives. What do you think is going to be sort of the enduring legacy of Jeff Loeb and what he has done with Marvel TV? I mean, Jeff, 
tried a lot of things. And some of them, I mean, obviously the Netflix stuff mostly worked. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was a big success. Um, you know, I don't know how much credit he gets for stuff like Legion and all of that. Um, Legion and the Gifted. But Jeff, I mean, but if you look at that range, I mean, even just at that. So you have, you know, your Netflix series, you have Legion, you have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and then you throw in Runaways and Cloak and Dagger. That is that itself is a nice range of properties to develop. Um, so he's definitely shown that he can develop stuff, and some of it works, some of it doesn't. I think he's obviously shown that he can negotiate with networks and he can, you know, adapt to changing environments and everything like that. Um, but honestly, everybody's just going to remember him for his lovely Comic-Con chants. I know, Caleb, I think you've experienced at least one. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Adam, have you ever experienced a Jeff Loeb nope, chant in person? never, ever. Aww. I think I experienced the longest one. The Hulu, the first uh, Runaways one I ever went to. Oh, my it was gosh. Like, it was like threes, and it was like, Runaways on Hulu. December 15th, 2018. Like, it was Ew. like seven or eight words. <laughs> no, I was at the Inhumans one. So it was like August 18th in IMAX, September, whatever. You know, like it, it was. Oh, on ABC. Yeah. The, uh, the, uh, yeah. I was at his Inhumans panel where he came out with the wig on um, and stuff like that. I, I, I think we should just all, you know. Adam, I'm sorry you never got to be in one of his Marvel chants. It was truly an experience. I, I, yeah, but it's a lesser life. For as much, you know, crap as we give the guy on the podcast, he's had two really, really bad seasons, I guess, right? Inhumans and Iron Fist 1. And depending on what you think about The Gifted, but yep. Right, but I would, you know, nine out of ten people would say, or ten out of ten people would say, even gifted, you know, one was better than the other two. So I mean, yeah, we give him a lot of flack, but keep in mind he had the same job on Legion as he did on Iron Fist One, you know, um, and on the Gifted as he did on Daredevil season three. It's really easy to compare him with Kevin Feige, um, but Kevin Feige didn't have to package up a pitch and pitch to ABC or he didn't have to package up something and pitch to Hulu while going through Ike Perlmutter who this, this floored me the most Ike Perlmutter is the guy that goes through every single expense report for every employee for Marvel. It's unbelievable. One of the wealthiest men in the country. Exactly. I, I I missed that, but that is ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. I, in fact, a friend of mine, I, I know somebody recently that started as an executive with a company and like the first week, you know, they sent him his cell phone and stuff. He was meant to develop a new market and he like went to get a case for his cell phone. He like walked in and they were like, oh, this model's like three years old. And they were like, yeah, yeah, you know, we get old models off eBay. He quit the job. He was like, if they're going to do cheap crap like that, I'm not staying with them. 
That's just what I think of working for Ike Perlmutter is kind of like. Except for you really want to work there because it's Marvel. Yeah. The other story I heard was that when they would do press screenings of stuff, Ike would always like have strict one soda per like yeah. press member. Like they would offer food and, and drinks and you'd like have a limit to what you could have. You tried to get a second Diet Coke, you know, they'd slap your hand. I, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Well, I mean, like, I heard the writer's rooms don't get free food, where in any other network, if you're in the writer's room, like, it's free lunch every day, because they'd rather you be in there brainstorming and stuff. I think the thing for me about Loeb is uh, he was really good at packaging things for the right place. Like, when you think about it, the shows that he put on different networks, it takes a lot of creativity and intelligence to know what to put where. And so, like, Legion, the kind of trippy, weird, esoteric show that Legion was, it fits on a network like FX that's trying to be prestigious and push the boundaries. And the violence of the Netflix shows kind of fit the edge that Netflix wanted to their stuff. And ABC wanted a show like S.H.I.E.L.D. that could be on a time slot that usually has, like, family sitcoms and not feel out of place or not be too harsh. And the way that they went to Hulu and did a youth-oriented show, like, he really did find a way to get the right IP at the right network in the right tone. And he did it enough times it showed he had a pretty deft touch for it. You know, there were some mistakes, but he was really good at matching up the needs of the network and the audience of a network with a Marvel IP and then creating a product that fit both the IP and the network. Uh, so if you, when looking back at all the stuff that Loeb has put together, I, we know the answer, I think at least in one case, but what's your favorite Loeb produced show in his time at Marvel? I mean, obviously mine's Daredevil. And obviously Adams is Iron Fist. No, so if we're going season by season, I think it's pretty unanimous. Daredevil three is probably the, the. I mean, that's some of that's the thing. Daredevil three is probably one of the best genre television shows ever made. Superhero shows. I I was thinking about this the other day, and I, I kept trying to think of another season of content that was you know pound for ba- pound better than Daredevil three, and I think it's just the best. Um, things, things were leading up too, man. I mean, Luke Cage w- was looking up. Iron Fist two was certainly looking up. You know, um, Jessica Jones three didn't end out half bad either. Speaking of twenty nineteen, you know that came out in like June. No, <laughs> that's true. That's I, I was looking at. I'm like, man, what when's is this Jessica year? Jones coming back? And it was June 1st or so. It was like, what? So uh, I totally forgot the question. The best thing, I would say, yeah, Daredevil 3 is probably the best season of stuff, followed by maybe Legion 1. It's gone downhill for me, but as far as like a single episode, Runaways Season 1, or Episode 1, like the pilot to Runaways, I absolutely loved. I thought they got so much right and they did so well with it. Uh, I've been a little frustrated with how it's gone from here on out and some of the corners they've cut, but just the way they set that up, I thought was, was really brilliant. I remember being so pumped at Comic-Con when I got to see that ahead of time. I went and, uh, talking about single episodes, I went and rewatched some S.H.I.E.L.D. season four 
and it's incredible how far that show's fallen <laughs> between season four <laughs> and season six. It's nine day difference, man. Now, Adam, have we gotten any sense? Is this going to disrupt Hellstrom or the cartoon shows or any of this other stuff that was going on? Do we know who's going to fill in any of that stuff? As far as yesterday, Hellstrom was still filming. Um, it's kind of radio silence on the animated stuff. We're, we're chasing a couple of things, but it's kind of business as usual, uh, usual uh, as far as we know. And that's the thing. So we have Runaways Season 3 in the can, right? And that has a release date. Work on Season 7 of Agents is S.H.I.E.L.D. done. Are they going to make sure ABC premieres that next summer? Or are they going to push that to streaming or something, you know? Cloak and Dagger's probably done. Yeah, I think it's probably... Right? So the only... Th- I mean, Hellstrom's in production. You know, uh, what are they going to do? Are they are they going to stop production and cancel the show? Or is Feige already kind of tweaking the back end of the season so maybe this show can tie into Blade and Moon Knight later? Um, or are they just going to film the first season? And cancel it after that, you know, since probably the the bills are already paid and and they're already all in Vancouver. Um, that's probably my least favorite option, but it's probably the most realistic, right? Because if they push one season out and cancel the show, we won't get, you know, the Hellstrom siblings for quite some time, if ever, again, under, under Feige's watch. Um, so, yeah, as far as I know, I mean, they were filming scenes yesterday, I um, I know that for a fact. Rhiannon, uh, from the perspective of kind of these Netflix shows and the Save Daredevil stuff, I'm sure there's a little sadness because Jeff was such a good cheerleader for the show and clearly wanted to get it to another network. And I'm sure there's a little uncertainty if he's going to be replaced by someone with that same interest. He never came to our meetups. So, you know, whatever. Um, I... You know, it definitely is a blow. I mean, because Jeff, this was his job. This was this was what he did. The Daredevil, Daredevil was obviously one of his favorites when he was looking for, when he was talking about series and such. Um, it, you know, it's a big old bunch of uncertainty right now. Um, it, it. Feige, you know, and this goes back to what I was talking about last week, you know, like you put it. Caleb, we're not going to get a cup of Kev panel. We're not going to get like Kevin feels so feels like he's up high and unreachable. Um, I just don't feel any connection to like him. Whereas I feel like Jeff Loeb, um, you know, Jeff Loeb, Joe Casada, some other folks that were involved in the TV shows felt like they were there with the fans and and that we could understand what they like and want. And I feel like Kevin, we know what he's produced, but we don't know what he truly likes and how he feels about it. Um so yeah, it all feels up in the air. The uh the Save Daredevil folks have not they are not backing down. They are not giving up. They're uh, still pushing they're changing their efforts. There'll probably be announcements from them in the next few weeks or so um, 
on their next steps and efforts and everything. Um, we really just don't know right now. I mean, we know two weeks ago, you know, two weeks ago, it seemed like a very sure thing that these shows could come back, that, that the support was there and that everybody was behind it. We don't know what that world is now. Um, so let's talk about kind of the exit. Um, you know, obviously all of this is the fallout from the restructuring at Marvel. I think there's been kind of suggestions. It feels a little chicken and egg as far as Marvel TV's performance and whether it caused this shakeup or if it, you know, didn't or if, you know, there's a lot of things that we could try to read between the lines. I guess my question in all of that is... What do you think was ultimately the downfall of kind of Marvel TV and what Loeb had built? Because, I mean, he had so many shows. We've talked about even 15 months ago, they had, you know, whatever, 10, 11 shows running. And now it just seems to all be gone. Uh, where do you think the thing kind of fell apart? I I mean, Variety said it best, right? I promoter. Uh, Bob Iger even said something kind of hinting at that in his his book right i think they kind of wanted to to get away from him and kevin feige's not not a single person's gonna tell him no if he wants a show on abc he'll probably get a show on abc right um i wouldn't i, I was it a marvel tv downfall or was it a Kevin Feige uprising. Uh, you know, I think there were some failures on the TV side, though, that started to pile up. Like the Variety article said very clearly that the Ghost Rider thing was embarrassing to Marvel Television. I was about to say. I think that's a direct quote. If we had to pick a final straw, I would have to say Ghost Rider is it. And I, I think we started to get to this place. You hit it on the head, Rhiannon. Uh, like five, I don't know, like two or three months ago, we got to where uh, announcements, even like trade announcements of TV shows for Marvel television were a bit like the DC film slate that we've seen three or four times where they announced a bunch of stuff that never happened. And it just, over time, we started like listing these the other day. It was weird the amount of things that Marvel TV tried to make that just disappeared, you know, and particularly that variety article lists them. And it mentions how many of them were like put orders or full series orders, like the kind of stuff that signals in the TV world, this is definitely happening. And then they just vanished. Damage control disappeared. Mockingbird, or uh, not Mockingbird, most wanted, uh, most wanted disappeared. Uh, New Warriors disappear. I mean, we've talked a million times on here. New Warriors, we were told, was the best show in the history of television, yet somehow nobody wanted to make it, even though they had a network attached to it. And it was like they couldn't fit it on their schedule or something? It was too good. Freeform... It was too good, remember? Yeah. So, you know, I guess they couldn't, you know, push Gilmore Girls reruns or something. Like, I just... Yeah, but a lot of this stuff, I mean, damage control wasn't Marvel TV's fault. I don't know whose fault was it. They took it for Spider Man. Is that real? You think they canceled a whole TV show so it could be used in Spider Man to avoid the brand confusion? Absolutely. 
See, I think that it was killed in the water, and then that's why Spider-Man was allowed to use it. Do you think the John Ridley show is still under development? <laughs> or the female-led Jessica Jones-esque show on ABC? Or the other female-led Jessica Jones-esque <laughs> show on ABC? I mean, it's just weird how many... I mean, it's a pretty long list now when you think about it. I mean, yes, they produced a lot of stuff and a lot of decent stuff. But Total Lobe put out, what, 15 shows for Marvel? And we just came up with a list of six or seven that were announced with some degree of, like, assuredness and then never happened. Like, that's weird. And that's where I kind of disagree with Adam on the finding things to match networks. Because obviously some aspect of this is things weren't landing in the right place. Either the quality of the shows was crap or things weren't landing in the right place. Is it possible this is just the nature of TV, though, that TV budgets do not allow for the level of comic book stuff that Marvel wants to do? I mean, Adam, you watch the CW shows. Like, is it like a lack of creativity to be able to do something on the level of a CW show? Or is it just that Marvel has too high of standards to allow that to happen? Like, what, what's the deal there? Why don't we have sort of CW-esque success at Marvel? Yeah, I would say it's probably a standards thing. Um, I mean, Greg Berlanti works his ass off. He, I, I don't know how many shows he has in development right now. It's like two dozen. I think he's actively searching, right? He has seven Arrowverse shows, then he has Riverdale. I think he's on Katie Keene. I think he's on Nancy Drew. Um, I went to a party at Comic-Con that was nothing but Berlanti writers. Right. <laughs> so it's, um, it is a standards thing and that's the thing. Cause it doesn't take, I mean, you could pull up Twitter right now and find some Tom Holland Stan account retweeting a gif of the special effects or the stunt work on one of the CW shows and saying, Oh, watch this trash. Um, so it is a standard thing, but I applaud them. Cause I mean, it, it's super comic accurate. It's, it's the interconnected universe Marvel TV's never had. Um, just last night on Arrow, they had someone who show up who's appeared in like the Flash season two or whatever, and they just popped up out of the blue, right? Because it made sense for the story, and they made that happen. Um, I'm not sure if that's something possible with Marvel. I, I guess I don't know. I'm not sure if you can get really that great of a connected universe um, and maintain the standards, I guess. Because let's face it, the visual effects are very, very horrible. You know, Barry Allen's weird running, slow-mo running thing is questionable. But at what point would you sacrifice the quality that in return for the pure comic bookiness, right? I mean, what they're doing with Crisis on Infinite Earths, it, it's, I don't want to say it's bigger than Endgame, but they're they're combining shows from four or five different platforms and networks, you know? So that kind of stuff is doable. Um, but like you said, I, I do think it probably does come down to standards. Um and if they do one of those, like if they did an interconnected five or six shows on Freeform, um, you're going to have to have a Marvel television head. You know, you're, you, I, 
one would think at least. Do we have any expectation? I mean, we may just be speculating. Maybe you've heard something. Do we expect someone to replace Jeff Loeb? Or will they just kind of leave it open and Kevin Feige will just directly make the kind of decisions that Loeb was making? I mean, what we know so far now is Marvel Television's still a thing, right? Yeah. Just as Marvel Family Animation and Marvel Entertainment. So maybe he's going to... Maybe that's a job for like Trent Tran or Jonathan Schwartz or one of these producers, right? I mean, I, I know Feige always speaks highly of Schwartz and, and he's the dude that crawls the internet looking at the articles and reading the Reddit threads and all that stuff. Maybe he's a, a figurehead. I don't know. If I'm Trent Tran, I am not going from being as significant as she was on Endgame to taking over Marvel TV. Like that would feel like a huge Emotion, I Until think. you take it and you make it an empire, right? And I mean, that's, probably get a salary increase because you're the president of a studio. Technically, that's what. Yeah, I mean, you you. I mean, one Feige's over television, comics, and movies now, right? Right. So, I mean, you don't hear people saying that CB is going to be gone and Feige's running all the comics. I imagine they're going to find a new head of Marvel Television, and. That person, I mean, under Feige's guidance, is going to hopefully fix... I mean, also, there's so much less constraints than when Loeb started with all of this. So much is known. Everything, you know, he has more access to characters. There's more of a... um, You know, it's all under Feige. So this person has an opportunity. I mean, this is going to be a definite sink or swim. My guess is somebody's going to move into it and they're going to have two to three years to create, to revamp Marvel television brand, whatever it's going to be, and give it its own tone, define what it is, and bring it back. Because Marvel television has had a hugely positive reputation up until very, very recently. So this person has an opportunity to take a brand that's known for positive quality. They're going into a great area and have a chance to bring it back. And I'm telling you, like, just even if Loeb got to keep this job, walking into ABC and saying, I have most wanted, Kevin Feige's behind me on this, would have been the difference between it making onto the air or not. So here's my bold prediction based on nothing but my instincts. Uh, they're going to shutter Marvel TV and take it and the Marvel Animation Studio and combine them into one company. And Marvel TV is only going to do animation very soon. And not only that, but Disney knows that network TV is a dying business. I think their investment in ABC and Freeform is going to do nothing but dwindle because more and more people are cutting the cord and more and more people don't care. And I just think that all the eggs are getting put in the streaming basket. I don't. I don't think Disney has any interest in diversifying across multiple platforms. There's a reason there's no Star Wars shows on any of their other channels, but there is on Disney Plus. And I just think I think network TV is going to be dead in 10 years. And so I just think they're going to start to shift all this IP to streaming. I may I mean that's a big change and I may be wrong, you know, but I just I don't see much hope. I think when you look at the way Disney has situated ESPN and they're really pushing them harder and harder and harder, ESPN Plus and digital formats, 
Like you see the even like the football contracts now, or Amazon TV and Yahoo as streamers of like the football packages. I just think that TV is a dead business. So uh, people said the same about radio, and radio's still kicking. Radio's still thriving. Uh, ESPN Plus is I mean, hurting, not in a significant way. Nobody puts any money into radio. It's all about you know making it as cheap as possible now. Uh, everything. I mean, isn't that isn't that the purpose of a business, really? I mean, unless you're Netflix and you draw on two more billion dollars magical debt, um, right? I guess I'm saying like the Howard Stearns of the world, like the big names in radio, all went to, um, all went to like Sirius and XM, and now over time they're even moving all that stuff to podcasting, like. Now our local sports radio, that's one of the biggest sports radio stations in the country. They're constantly pushing, listen to the podcast, listen to the podcast, listen to the show, whenever you want online, you know, like. Right. But I mean, there's a streaming reckoning coming eventually. I'm not sure if it's a bubble or what, but certainly it's going to completely change once, once Peacock launches and once Disney plus launches and once what HBO max Netflix folds launches right it's just i mean it's very hard for me to believe as long as abc owns your disney owns abc and freeform and all these channels that they're not going to try and do something i mean that's the thing i mean the thing is radio died but satellite radio grew satellite radio fizzled podcasts grew Yes, like people aren't going to be using the bunny ears on their TV to watch ABC every Friday night, but they've already discovered that and moved stuff to Hulu. They've already discovered, you know, ways to monetize where these traditional methods haven't. And people are always going to want to be entertained. They're always going to want to move to these. They're always going to want different varieties of everything. Marvel Studios, as they have at Disney Plus, isn't going to you can't have a legion on Disney Plus. You couldn't have Daredevil on Disney Plus. You couldn't have The Punisher as it was on Disney Plus. There is Sure, but you can't have them on Hulu. Huh? But you could have yeah, them on Hulu. Yeah, you could have those on Hulu. So, even if it's not reviving any of the shows, to say that they're not going to have a TV series with any different tone other than what's allowed on Disney Plus, is saying there's all of these markets they're not going to go for. And every time Marvel Comics has revived something, I mean, the Marvel Max line, the Marvel Knights line, like, going in a dark, gritty direction is what has saved Marvel more than once. So why wouldn't that be a direction that they also go on the television and entertainment side and where else are they going to do it other than somewhere off of Disney Plus, whether it's FX, whether it's Hulu, whether it's late nights on ABC? No, so I agree with that. I, I didn't mean they wouldn't do anything tonally different. I just am not sure that shopping shows to a network is going to be. It just seems like the whole industry is moving towards integration where the production and the distribution are tightly connected. And that, you know, they'll just start putting stuff on Hulu and Disney Plus and they won't bother with shopping it to Freeform or ABC or all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And that's what I would love. Just if it's mature, it's on Hulu. If it's not mature, it's on Disney Plus. 
and we're not going to bother putting things anywhere else. We own both of these. They're going to air whatever we tell them. Right. So, but if they do that, what purpose does Marvel TV as a sub organization serve? Like, why don't you just suck it all up into Marvel Studios? I mean, I think, and this is going to be like the least popular of opinions. I think the interconnectedness is a pipe dream. I say you create another universe, declare it not to be connected, give it a name. Maybe it's not Marvel television. Maybe Marvel television becomes Marvel adult or, you know, late night. Like the, uh, the, the old, um, ultimate universe. For yeah. TV. Maybe it becomes Marvel nights, Marvel, you know, maybe they, they lean on to some other comic roots and do something like that. Um, you create a branding that's separate so that it's a universe that's separate so that they can, so that it's very clear this isn't connected because this has this logo at the beginning and not just it's lacking the studio's word, but maybe they go, you know, do a very clear branding for the adult content versus all ages. Right. I mean, that's another thing, you know, going back to the CW, that's another thing crisis is essentially doing right it's connecting virtually every with the exception i don't think anything from the ongoing dceu is popping up but there's easter eggs from michael keaton's batman yeah Uh, there's easter eggs from batman 66 i mean burt ward is in crisis you know as robin um so yeah i would agree to to an extent with you and you know i mean interconnectedness between a Hulu show and, and a movie, you know, is probably slim pickings, but at least give fans this multiverse type thing where it's still technically all one world. I mean, we're going to find this out soon though. If, if WandaVision leads directly into Dr. Strange, the multiverse of madness, like if they connect the Disney plus and film stuff, there's no reason they can't do the same at Hulu. Like I, I just, I don't have faith that they could actually keep it up. I mean, they've shown that it was a struggle to begin with because of the television schedules. I mean, there were so many arguments for why they couldn't keep it up. If, if they're doing some traditional television with, say, a 12 to 13 episode season, 10 to 13, you know, the I, I just don't think they could keep up the continuity. Right, but that's the other thing I think is dead. I don't think we're going to see traditional TV with 12 to 13 episodes, like 10 to 13. I think I think these short series, these six to eight episode deals, big budgets, you know, promoted like a movie, we get three or four of them a year. I don't know. I think it's it's all going to go that way. But, I mean, but it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, when we talk about Daredevil... The first season was five million to make, and it was great. I mean, I, I I'm not saying it's going to be good. I just think, I don't know. I, I don't see Feige seeding, like giving control of characters back. I think he's going to get greedy about wanting to have everything in his toy box, and even if that means he puts something in his back pocket for five years, like he's doing with the X Men, I think he's okay with that. I can, it's like Rhiannon's doing the math in her head like if it's five years till I see Daredevil again I'm gonna no, kill him I mean, well, uh, I, at this point it would have to be at least five years if it's some sort of reboot not just for my sensibilities but a lot of people are gonna remember that series 
And you're going to need to give them plenty. I mean, one. Okay, so Daredevil came out, what, 2015? And everybody clearly remembered Ben Affleck. And that was, what, 14 years? Something like that? Like, you're not going to cleanse this Daredevil from everybody's memory. All right, guys, any other thoughts about Loeb before we wrap it up? I'm really sad about this, just in case that wasn't clear. I mean, it was obvious. The writing was on the wall. It was. It's probably a great move, but I'm just sad that I've sat through my last Loeb chant. I think it's also fair to note that I don't know if many comic people, I think we said this on the show, I think Adam said it a week or two ago, like, there's not many people that made the move from comics to TV the way Loeb did. I mean, Loeb has some very well-known, famous comic runs that he wrote as a writer of comic books before he got into the film stuff, so... Uh, and I also didn't realize he worked on Lost and shows like that. So, um, obviously, we're not eulogizing him. He's not dead, but um, we'll certainly not be talking about it as much on this show because we talk about Marvel stuff. Lost and Heroes and what was Smallville. And that's the thing, man. I mean, Captain America White. Um, he, I would guess he's probably not writing comics for Marvel anymore. Uh, I forget, what was his big Batman? Batman the Long Halloween. There you go. Which is one of the top acclaimed Batman stories ever, which is a pretty big deal. See you later, Jeff. Hope you keep listening to the pod. Jeff can uh, come join the pod now. That's right. You can be on it now. <laughs> Give us the behind the scenes. Seriously, Jeff, if you want a place to uh, clear the air about what all happened, we'll be happy to uh, let you say whatever you want on this podcast. We'll even let you do a chant. Yeah, <laughs> do a, a podcast chant. All right. Uh, Adam, was there got anything in the live? I don't have anything on the website, so I'm sure Michael T. Ford had a few things in the live chat. Um, He asked a uh, Hawkeye fan recast. Oh, jeez. I don't have any off the top of my head. Now, a lot of them I've seen have tried to go with, like, a younger Hawkeye that doesn't really work. Like, we need... Again, if it's going to be the same character, it's got to be, like, an old dude. What about, like, what about uh, like, James Vanderbeek? I could see that. That's possible. A 40-something... Yeah. Guy... If we're keeping yeah, up with CW shows like a Jensen Ackles is up there. Ooh, Jensen Ackles. Or Jared um Texas Ranger. I wonder like uh maybe Aaron Eckelhart? I don't know, is he too handsome? That's his name, right? The guy played Two Face. Oh Eckhart, Aaron Eckhart. Yeah. Uh probably too expensive. I don't know. What's the last thing he did? Um, I don't know. Good question. Thanks for listening to the podcast, guys. Uh, we haven't made this official, but uh, I think Rhiannon's traveling next week, so we may take next week off just because there's not a lot going on in Marveldom, and it's Halloween. and uh, So, yeah, we might just take a break, but we'll see. If we're back next week, we are, and if we're not, we're not. Please don't add us with barely eligible, legible English messages where the where the episode at we get that every once in a while it's coming i'm working on it give me a break yeah sorry guys last week's was delayed because i forgot to upload my stuff yeah well which you know it happens but we we try to put out best we can on time but uh you know 
things happen. Uh, thanks for everybody who listens to the show. Thanks for supporting. Thanks to our Patreons. You guys keep uh, the lights on. We really appreciate it. And uh, thanks to uh, Tim V. Cox for our um, logo. And thanks to uh, Alvin who gave us the great theme music. And thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week.